Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. This invention may have caused a sudden identity crisis, prompting a great song in 1993's Mulan as she considered who she was and who her reflection showed her to be. It's essential for dancers, for drivers, for medical professionals, and more. It became a style of taking selfies. It was a way for Alice to get back to Wonderland. And for Jurassic Park, it carried the important message that objects, or T-Rexes, in mirrors may be closer than they appear. For all the times they've let us know that we had something in our teeth or that we looked great, there are quite a few reasons to be grateful for mirrors. So let's take some time to talk about it today. Time for a little bit of gratitude and love from mirrors. We're not going to get to cover everything because it's actually a huge topic. I've been working on this one for a while and finally hit the point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to call it good here (laughs) and, and get this out. So this isn't everything, but it's a little bit. So let's begin. Natural mirrors have existed in nature since, like, the beginning, on reflective surfaces like water, for example. In fact, it's possible that the very first mirrors may have been water mirrors, created using pools of water held in small dark containers, allowing for a clearer reflection. When it comes to human-made mirrors, these have also been around for quite a while since prehistoric times, with people constructing mirrors from stone, glass, and metals. Because mirrors reflect waves back in an equal and opposite direction, they reflect the reverse direction of an image, the mirror image. This is a property called specular reflection. Rather than something that reflects an image but diffuses the light, mirrors can, of course, be flat, which provides a direct reflection, or curved, which can exaggerate, magnify, reduce, or otherwise create a distorted reflection, which can have its uses as well, like fun houses or sometimes in art exhibits. Mirrors have many uses. They can be used to check on yourself, your outfit, your teeth, etc. They are used in dentistry, security for rearview mirrors and vehicles, lasers, telescopes, periscopes, cameras, and more. If we broaden the meaning of the word mirror itself just to a reflector generally, then you can also have acoustic mirrors to reflect sound waves similar to the way mirrors reflect light. Acoustic mirrors can be used in microphones, in sonar, for sea floor mapping, and more. We'll actually come back to it in a little bit. But let's go back to the beginning first, with our earliest mirrors. In the beginning, we found a lot of mirrors in nature. There were a few prerequisites, the general flatness of the surface, but also the roughness of the surface. The roughness had to be smaller than the wavelength of the light hitting it. When it comes to man-made mirrors, we find mirrors of obsidian and volcanic glass dating back to around 6000 BCE in ancient Turkey, then called Anatolia. Dating back to 4000 BCE, we find polished copper mirrors in ancient Mesopotamia, and in Egypt around 3000 BCE. Stone mirrors, polished, were found in Central and South America dating back to 2000 BCE. By the time we get to the Bronze Age, many civilizations or cultures had mirrors made of bronze, silver, copper, etc. We had even found remains of kilns used to make mirrors by the people of Kerma in Nubia. These kilns were found in their temples. 
In China, by 2000 BCE, there were also many copper and bronze mirrors in use. These types of mirrors were used in the Greco-Roman era through the Middle Ages across Europe. In China and India, a special metal was used in mirrors called speculum. It was made of an alloy of tin and copper. It was super reflective and used up until really a few hundred years ago. Because they were difficult to produce, they usually belonged mainly to the upper class. Bronze mirrors, or those made from other cheaper metals, tarnished very quickly, and they had to be polished very regularly. Stone mirrors, as you can imagine, were even worse, harder to keep those clear of scratches and the like. They also didn't usually get the colors right. The colors reflected would be distorted. It was in about 1 CE that we got the first glass mirrors. These were made possible because of the development of glass blowing and soda lime glass. This is the kind of glass most regularly used for window panes and soda bottles, thus its name. This type of glass makes up about 90% of glass. Pliny the Elder, a Roman scholar, claimed that glass lined with gold leaf or lead was being made in Sidon, modern-day Lebanon, by artisans at that time. The metal was good for reflecting, and the glass kept the surface smooth and protected the metal from tarnishing or from scratches, which would distort the reflected image. Although Pliny claims this, we don't have archaeological evidence yet for mirrors until we get to about the 3rd century CE. For the glass-blown mirrors, the technique used included blowing a glass bubble and then cutting out a small section so that you could get either a concave or a convex mirror. The cut was usually only about 10 to 20 centimeters in diameter. Because these mirrors were concave or convex, you'd often get a distorted reflection, and when lead-lined, the metal was very thin, so as not to crack the glass. Basically, these glass mirrors were very small, very expensive, and not made from the best material, so metal mirrors were the preferred choice of mirror. Metal mirrors, like steel mirrors, were the more common choice used up until the 19th century. China used silver-coated metal mirrors as early as 500 BCE. So here's a fun tidbit. It's been said that the reason that vampires of lore couldn't see the reflection in mirrors was because of silver-backed mirrors, because vampires and silver don't mix. So that could be a reason for the lore or mythos there of why they couldn't see the reflection. As glass-making techniques improved, so too did mirror-making. In the Middle Ages, French glass blowers made the first sheets of flat glass by blowing bubbles and then spinning them very fast to flatten them into sheets. Later, a new and improved method was invented in Germany, and after that, improved upon in Venice in the 16th century. You can check out the episode on glass to learn more. Glassmakers in Venice liked to use lead glass for mirrors, and by the 11th century, Moorish Spain was making glass mirrors. In Europe, in the early Renaissance, European countries began to use fire-gilding techniques to use highly reflective tin that could be spread very even, and they used this tin to back mirrors. By the 16th century, Venice was the central hub for European mirror production because of this technique. This technique also included evaporating mercury off of the mirror, so it was also a bit dangerous. The Chinese method back in 500 BCE also included evaporating mercury off of the mirrors. And these mirrors were very precious, often purchased by royalty for their palaces. Think of the hollow mirrors in Versailles. In fact, in the 17th century, a Countess de Fisque is said to have exchanged a whole wheat field for a mirror, and that was her getting a good deal. 
By the end of the 17th century, however, the secret for how to produce these Venetian mirrors was leaked, and they lost their monopoly on mirror production. And French mirror productions went for it. With Henry Bessemer's invention of the ribbon machine, which produced glass in large ribbons, however, mirror production began to boom during the Industrial Revolution in 1848. In 1835, the silver-blacked glass mirror was invented by a German chemist named Justus von Liebig. His method also made it easier to mass-produce more affordable mirrors. He made his silver-backed mirror through a wet deposition process, putting on a thin layer of silver by chemical reduction of the silver nitrate. These days, mirrors are usually made with silver, nickel, or chrome backing, and are made by wet deposition of these materials using electroplating onto glass. Glass mirrors for optical tools use methods that date back to the 1920s and 30s, using a vacuum deposition method. A phenomenon called sputtering, which was used for metal coating, which was also used on incandescent light bulbs, in which the filament would get so hot it would slowly sublimate onto the light bulb. This method was further developed into an evaporation method by Pohl and Pringsheim in 1912. And this method was later used by John D. Strong to coat telescope mirrors in aluminum in the 1930s. So all of that, that huge story, was a lead up for telescope mirrors or mirrors and telescopes. In a mirror, to protect the metal coating from corroding or from chipping or cracking, usually we put a layer of paint on the metal to protect it. There are, of course, a lot of uses for mirrors, from technical instruments to rearview mirrors to the Hall of Mirrors in Versailles, which has 357 mirrors, by the way. You may also have a small compact mirror for signaling distress or emergency if you get lost in the woods while camping or hiking. Mirrors have also been used for burning as far back as ancient Greece. Parabolic mirrors or curved mirrors were used for this. In fact, Ptolemy made use of these kinds of mirrors for a wide variety of experiments in his optics. As far as types of mirrors go, you usually have a concave, convex, or planar mirror. These types of mirrors are used in x-rays, telescopes, and more. Now there are many kinds of mirrors and many uses for mirrors, so many that we don't have time in this podcast to cover all of them, so we'll just mention a few. There are, of course, mirrors used in telescopes, in medicine, in your car, in decoration, on instruments and tools, as well as two-way mirrors. Mirrors are an important part of getting solar power as well, and mirrors are even literary devices. I mean, you see that in simple fairy tales like Snow White, in which the evil queen asks her mirror who is the fairest in the land. Now we'll quickly look at a few other fun facts about mirrors. You may have heard of the superstition that if you break a mirror, you will have bad luck for seven years. Well, it turns out that that belief actually goes back to ancient Rome. The Romans believed that if you broke a mirror, you broke your soul. The glass on mirror, as it turns out, is actually not super great at reflecting light. It only reflects about 4% of the light that hits it. While they may not be great at reflecting light, they are able to reflect sound waves, which we mentioned earlier. So here's another fun fact about that. During World War II, the British used acoustic mirrors to detect the sound waves of their enemies. If we want to talk about the world's largest mirror, we've got more than one option. The largest mirror on Earth, naturally made, is actually the salt flats in Bolivia. When covered with water, the mirror is four times larger than New York City, at 4,086 miles. It is called Solar de Uyuni. If we're talking about the largest man-made metal mirror, that record, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, has actually been held for quite a long time, since 1845, by the third Earl of Ross in Ireland. The Earl used it to discover that galaxies had spiral forms. 
The mirror is 183 centimeters, or 72 inches, and is made from speculum metal, that alloy of tin and copper that we mentioned earlier. These days, we have larger mirrors, generally, with the giant Magellan Telescope boasting the largest mirrors in the world, five of them, one of which comes in at 8.4 meters, or about 27 and a half feet, as of 2021. So, whether you're now looking up how to get to the nearest salt flat near you, checking your makeup, or to see if you have food in your teeth, or perhaps you are writing the next great novel and plan to use a motif of mirrors, or maybe you're strolling through Versailles or simply visiting the dentist, in all these places, mirrors make our lives shine just a little brighter. Even if it's just 4%, because of the whole poor reflector thing. It counts. <laughs> and for all of these reasons and more, I am very grateful for mirrors. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.